Well, we're in a series entitled Real Life, and I don't know, we're in like week what? 45. It's the longest series ever done on the planet. No, not so. Not so. Um, I have some pastor friends that teach verse by verse, and some have been years in the book of Mark, you know, and going, going through. Um, real life, the Lord put on my heart before the end of uh, last year, calendar year. Isn't it hard to believe we're about done with this calendar year? Um, and really, there's so many things in our lives as, as believers. And I'm thankful for a, a day that believers are, are being a little more honest about their lives. Um, used to be everybody put their church face on, you know, scream and holler at the kids and each other on the way here. And then to get out of the car, praise the Lord. Good to see you and you. Hate each other during service, act like they're praising God, get back in the car, yell at each other and go home, you know. And I'm exaggerating, I hope. But seriously, in times past, believers weren't as open to, to admit that, you know, hey, we got issues, we got problems, we got situations, I'm going through things, I'm facing this. And uh, humility releases grace. There's no price of admission, but if there was, that was worth it right there. Humility releases grace. God gives grace to the humble. And we need his grace. And he gives more and more. And if we just humble ourselves. And um, the the Real Life series is a whole bunch of things. And I'm, I'm so thankful for my wife, Pastor, My, uh, Pastor Mike, and others that have been a part of helping uh, to teach. And, uh, I've been working on my master's. And y'all pray for me because tomorrow, by about this time tomorrow, hopefully, I'll be completely done with my thesis tomorrow. I really, I, I think I can finish tomorrow. So I'm thrilled with that. So thank you for your patience and your prayers. And, and uh, hopefully it's added some value to me so I can be more valuable uh, to you, to minister to you. But this whole series is really biblical counseling for the group. And it's to help you, but that's never the end of the road. It's to help you so that you can what? So you can help some other people. So you can help somebody. You are to comfort others with the comfort that you yourself have been comforted with by God. So I want to talk to you tonight uh, about problem solving. This does tie in, and I have taught some of this previously uh, when we did the Tough Times Don't Last series a few years ago. I'm not including it on our weekend uh, edition of that right now. Uh, but I want to talk about uh, the essence and the art of problem solving. Let me see again. Has anybody here ever had a, a problem? Okay. Um, and so we want to look at this. How do we kind of knock these things down and get them through? Now, most of the time... In solving a problem, and you need, you need to realize this because people come from different schools of thought on this, but we need to go Bible, okay? That's the best school of thought here. You need to know that there will be God's part, and usually there will be uh, your part. Now get this, God, we cannot do God's part, and he will not do our part, Okay? And so there's his part, there's our part. Some schools of thought are God's going to take care of it all. God's going to take care of it all. And that's not always the case, okay? He can. Sometimes he does. 
But there's, read the Bible, especially the epistles, and you're going to see that there's an involvement. There's some faith. There's some cooperation. Uh, there's some showing up. There, there are some uh, things that he wants you to be involved in. I think it's honestly sloppy and ill-informed for you to just say, well, God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of it. When there's some things that you obviously need to take care of. Okay? The other school of thought is, I'll do it all. I'll fix it. I have to fix it up before God will smile on me. That's backwards too. That's very ill-informed. No concept of God's grace, presence, or even his intentions. And there is a merge of this. There's a combo. I call it the grace-effort combo. And we've talked about it. Grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. And we're not trying to earn anything, but we do have to cooperate. We co-labor with with God. Uh, Grace... Uh, Let me put it this way. Faith releases what grace contains. Ephesians 2.8. For by grace are you saved through. Oh, come on. Through through faith. It's not of works. It's a gift of God. But the salvation that God has provided. Has he already already done the work for that? Okay, that's a completed work. And it's contained in his grace. But it's released into your life when you believe him, when you trust him. So everything that God has promised, prepared, provided is contained in his grace. And then it's released. God can release it just through his mercy. Have you ever had that happen? He's done a lot of merciful things. Come on. He's done a lot of merciful things for us. But uh, other ways that what is contained in grace is is uh, released is through faith, through obedience, which is also faith. Uh, faith and obedience go together. So, um, but understand this, that there is going to be typically God's part and there's going to be your part. And we want to make sure that we get those together. Whenever you have a problem, and, and we talked about this, I believe two weeks ago in Tough Times Don't Last, uh, you need to always ask God to act. And then you need to ask God to show you what you're to do. Okay, so there's, Two parts, and this all ties together here. But you have a problem, a situation come up. Y'all with me tonight? Okay. You have something come up. First thing you need to do, ask God to act. Ask God to act. And then secondly, you need to ask him to show you what to do. I also shared this with you. There is nothing that is locked that God cannot unlock or show you the key. Have you ever... uh, I can remember this happening years ago. My sister at the time lived in Orlando. Alicia and I went to, to go visit her. She was at work at the time. And um, we called her. Hey, we're here. We were going to go visit and stay with her. She said, well, I'm not there. Now, this is where the analogy breaks down because God's always there. Okay. She said, I'm not there, but I hid a key. And she told us where the key was. And God will always be with you, but... There is nothing that is locked, and you need to have revelation of this. Sometimes we just sign off and say, well, it's just going to be this way. There is nothing that is locked that God cannot unlock or show you the key. So again, we're going to ask God to act, and we're also going to ask God to show us what our part is and what do we do. Amen? Amen. All right. Um, I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Much of what I will be sharing with you tonight, I first learned from uh, one of my mentors, Pastor A.R. Bernard, 
and um, one of the wisest men on this planet. And um, so I, I just wanted to give a little credit where credit is due there. Uh, but this is now has kind of become a merging of, of a number of things. But um, first of all, we have to define a problem. Before we can talk about the problem or your problem, we have to define what a problem is, okay? So a problem is a mismatch. It's a gap between what you have and what you wanted to have, okay? Let me go through that again. Uh, A problem, you have a problem when there's a gap, there's a mismatch between what you have and what you wanted to have or what you needed to have. Let me go at it about light terms. Let's say you go to a restaurant and you have been craving a steak. There's a restaurant that we go to um, when we're on vacation up in, in Tennessee. And they wheel this cart out with like a side of beef on it. And they go, would you like a steak? And I'll go, yep, and I want that one. And the guy pulls out this knife and he slices off. Knife is so sharp and this, this piece of meat just kind of lays to the side. And he holds it out. This be fine? I go, yeah. <laughs> How would you like that cooked? I don't care. <laughs> you know? So a um, few minutes later, they come back with that steak. And I'm telling you, it's the best. It's the, I, I'm going to drive there tonight after, <laughs> after service. It's just wonderful. And they just cook it just right, you know, and I, I just love that steak. But what if you were just craving that steak and then you got there and they, you know, cut it off for you and all that. And, and that's what I want. And a few minutes later, they come out and it looks like somebody's wallet has been grilled. <laughs> Y'all? Then you're going to wave down the waiter. Excuse me. We, we, we have a problem. What's the problem? The problem is I ordered this and I got this. Okay. Or, um, ladies, let's say you go to the beauty shop. Why are you laughing? And you've torn a picture out of people magazine. I want to look like her. Now, you need to know this, and it's a little trade secret here. When you do that, the stylist behind your back rolls her eyes. It's like, <laughs> thinks I'm a miracle worker. Uh, I want to look like her. So they work on you, and they do all this stuff, and act fancy, and cut, and color, and do this, and style. And then they wheel you around to look in the mirror. Um, we have a problem. <laughs> what is it? It's a mismatch between what, I, what I've got and what I wanted. Okay? All right. Now, those we can laugh about. But, you know, sometimes we've got a mismatch between what we have. Let's say it's a bill or a doctor's report or whatever it would be. We have the, this is what we have. And this is what we need. And there's a gap. And we have those situations. So what do we do? Well, let's go back and get some hope, first of all. Excuse me. Let's get some hope, first of all. There's nothing that is locked that God cannot unlock or show you the key. Let me ask you a question. Can God 
bridge this gap? Can God help you bridge that gap? Church, the biggest thing you've got to hold on to, first of all, so you can get traction for everything else, is you've got to have that hope. You've got to, God is able to bridge this gap. He will either do it or he'll show me how to do it. Either way, he's helping you. Either way, he's helping you. So, sometimes, and we're still in the definition here, you need to make sure that you clearly define what you want, okay? Sometimes, uh, um, there's one restaurant we go to. I know I'm talking a lot about food, but I'm hungry, okay? Um, And they have onions that they put on their salad. And I like onions, okay, but I have to be careful which days I eat them because I have to talk to people a lot, you know? Uh, but there's one place that put these onions on their salad. And if, if you touch them, you're going to smell like them for three, four days. And it's not good. I think if you just look at them, you're going to smell like them, you know? So rather than even mess with them, I'll say, um, y'all have the salad, no onions. Okay. So if they bring me a salad, though, and there's onions on it, and I didn't tell them that, then I was part of that problem, okay? So sometimes you have a problem in a relationship or in a working situation or whatever, and you did not make it clear what you wanted. I didn't want onions on this. Well, you need to tell them, see? And so we need to make clear about what we want, what we need, Be clear about that, first of all, and that will alleviate a lot of problems. So the first goal of this, then, is to reduce the gap, narrow the gap between what we have and what we need or want. We're wanting to reduce this gap and so bridge that, pull that together so this this is no longer a problem. Um, Einstein, Albert Einstein said this, you cannot solve a problem at the same level uh, in which it was created. You cannot solve a problem at the same level at which it was created, which means this, to solve the problem, you and I are going to have to go to another level. Okay? Thank you. So, our problems actually, and, and who wants problems? But aren't you thankful for some of the problems that you've had because what it created in you? We grow during those times. It produces character and patience and a number of other things. Now, I never ask God for problems. You know, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. Give me wisdom. I'd rather learn in the classroom rather than by crisis, you know. We don't ask for problems. But as they come, don't miss the opportunity to gather all that you can during that time. And the thing is, a problem is not solved at the same level it is created, which means we're going to have to go to another level, which ultimately means this. There is something that I need to know that I do not know. Mom? Okay. You you scared me. Uh, Um... So to solve a problem, you and I must go to a new level. And so there are some things I do not know that I need to know. And sometimes that means this. Look at me. You might need to ask for help. You might, and this is why you've got to have people in your life. Again, if you're the smartest person in your group, 
you need a new group. You've got to be connected with some people that know more than you, that have been further than you do. And if, and if all of your friends are just your age, and I, I put it this way, you all would just ride the same bus to school. You need some people from other places in your life, other decades in your life. You'd better always have somebody older in your life that you can draw from and have somebody younger than you in your life so that you can help to see things the way they see them. It's very important that you, you're not just narrow in this because there are things that you need to know that you do not know that you're going to have to go to another level. And, so, and sometimes that means ask for help. Listen, along that same line, you cannot be proud and be a problem solver. You can't be a know-it-all and be a problem solver. Because here's the reality. If you did know it all, you probably wouldn't have this problem. So it involves some humility. It involves I need some help. It involves I need to do some research. It involves a number of things. So first goal is to reduce this gap here and get this together. And as we define all this, you know, this is not going to be solved at the same level it was it was created. We're going to have to go to a new level. The next thing is to this, is to do this, rather. You're going to have to admit the situation. Admit reality. Admit your present condition. If you deny a problem, if you try to just forget about a problem, guess what? It will be back. I said it will be back. Uh, I shared this story in, in the, um, when we did Tough Times Don't Last previously my mother passed away in um, 1990 and um, she uh, did not feel good was going through treatment a number of things and she handled all the bills and correspondence and that kind of thing Uh, and my stepdad did not we we were not living with them during that time but we were close we had just started the church at the time and uh, after she had passed Alicia found under her bed Shoe boxes full of mail, unopened. A lot of it was bills, statements, first, second, third notices, unopened. And you know what? I know what her thinking was. I don't feel good. I don't want to deal with this. I'll put it down here and it'll go away. And it didn't go away. I said it didn't go away. And, uh, we had to get people to help us. Or what does this mean? And call people and call insurance and hospitals and doctors in different places and say, this is what happened. What do we do now? And so there was part of her thinking, though, was just out of sight, out of mind. And you can't do that. You have to admit, you know, sometimes it's a physical condition. And, and, and some people say they're in faith, but they're actually in fear. They won't go to the doctor. They won't do whatever to find out what's going on. Let's go find out so that we can name this thing and start to go after it, you know? And, and, uh, so it's important that we don't just, sometimes there's a problem in your car or your house or something. It'd be fine. It'd be fine. Well, before you know it, something's going to fall off. So we, we have to admit the present condition. Jeremiah six fourteen in the living Bible. Are y'all there? Jeremiah 6, 14 in the Living Bible, it says, you can't heal a thing by saying it's not there. 
You can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. So a situation, you can't heal it by just saying it's not there. Plus, whatever you fail to change, you are destined to repeat. Whatever you fail to change, you are destined to repeat. Let me illustrate this way. Uh, You probably get these offers in the mail. Uh, Somebody's credit card company, 0% for six months, whatever. Consolidate all your credit cards. And sometimes that's kind of tempting if you've got a lot. You know, you've got a credit card here and a credit card here, a credit card here, another one over here. And you think, oh, if I could consolidate all that into one bill and do that. And here's what happens. And sometimes people do that to take some of the pressure off, but they didn't do something else. They didn't cut up these other cards or they didn't melt those cards. You all with me? And so what they didn't change, they're destined to repeat And pressure gets on and they haven't really changed anything yet. Guess what? Before long, they'll fill up those cards again. And there are a lot of other ways that we do things like that in our life. That we we must make sure that uh, we admit this. We we get clear about this. Uh, And you admit the truth. You be honest, first of all, without shame. That's one of the things that keeps us from, from saying, hey... I've got a financial need or I've been diagnosed this way or family's not good right now. I'm struggling with this. You know, whatever it would be. One of the things that holds us back is shame. So you have to have some people in your life that you could go to and without shame because guess what? Shame paralyzes you. Shame caused Adam, what was his problem? Sin. Shame caused Adam to hide from God. The other thing is, you admit it without shame, but also admit it without blame. So what do we want to do about a lot of our problems? What did Adam do? He said, God, the woman that you... I mean, he's just pointed himself into trouble. First of all, you never say the woman. Is that right? One time Alicia and I were, (laughs) we were dating and we were coming back from somewhere and we didn't have, I don't think we had a nickel and and a quarter to rub together. And we stopped somewhere to split a Coke and we were fussing about something. Um, I was jealous because this guy didn't know that we were engaged and he was hanging around talking to her. And I thought she should have karate chopped him right in the throat, you know. And, and she was just being nice to him. And I thought. So we're talking and she goes, I didn't do anything wrong and blah, blah, blah. And we're just, we're just talking. And I just got more and more riled up. And then I said, woman. <laughs> right. I've never said that ever again. So, thank you. Uh, where was I? Now she makes you. Now she makes me call her ma'am. No, nothing. Uh, without blame, and Adam said, "The woman that you gave me." You, you never do well to start. 
pointing fingers to everybody. You know what? Humility releases grace. I did this. And of course, probably other people, whatever, influenced, encouraged, whatever. This is my situation. And that's a good place to get. Amen. Accept the responsibility. Be clear about it. Releases grace. Now, once you admit it, let's go take care of business here. And you need to pray. Everybody say pray. Oh, say pray. And you can't truly pray until you are honest about some things and accept some responsibility. That's, that's the nature of prayer. It's honest. It's humble. And, and listen to me and, and afford me this without me having to go into a full teaching on this tonight. But Ephesians talks about you should pray at all times with all manner of prayer. And I want to tell you that when you have a problem, you need to have these tools available to you. That you can pray with the understanding and you can pray with the Spirit. Okay? How many of you know that the Spirit of God probably knows the solution? So you need to have available to you that you can pray with the understanding. Pray what you know. Pray what I've told you as far as God, I need you to act. And God, I need you to show me what to do. And God, I I would ask you to do this and this and this and this and pray the promises. But you also need to take it to another level where you can pray with the Spirit. Let Let me give you some scripture on this real quick. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding. In the Amplified Bible, he says this, I will pray, watch this carefully, I will pray with my Spirit. Everybody say, my Spirit. By the Holy Spirit that is within me. Where's the Holy Spirit? You mean the Holy Spirit in me can help me to pray? Yippee. Come on. I will pray with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will also pray intelligently with my mind and my understanding. Jude, verse 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit helps us in prayer. And, uh, and, and again, I don't have time to go into all of that tonight, but it is important that you pray both ways. Pray in the Spirit. I'll tell you what, I pray what I know, and then I, and then I just let the Holy Spirit by the Spirit within me and my spirit to take to to work together and to pray and and that's not always in an unknown language that is sometimes you're praying out things you never would have thought to pray out that he brings to the front for you to pray but it's powerful that way so you pray and specifically we are praying for what to do we're praying for direction everybody say direction we've got to get this problem solved and again, Proverbs 3, 6, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall what? He'll sh- he shall what? Direct your paths. Now I want you to look real quick here too. I just was noticing this. Uh, I want you to look on that screen back there. Can you look back at that screen? That's old projectors. That's what you've been looking at. Look, look up here. And then wait till the signal's HD. Alicia said, I'm going to need more powder. Then. And I said, woman. No, I didn't. I didn't even think that. 
In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct you. You know what this means in this case? He will give you insight. But I also feel this. I feel like you need to brainstorm. See, sometimes people are just so careless about this. Oh, Jesus will help me. Jesus will help me. And sometimes in our infancy in Christ, he will help us. But as we grow in things, listen, he wants us to get this dependence and, and working with him, walking with him, trusting him, knowing how he works and moves and speaks and leads. And I think we need to take the time to sit down and, and think and brainstorm. Brainstorm? Yeah, storm your brain with ideas. Seriously. I could do this. I could do that. You could look at it all. I had a repairman out to the house the other day. And um, I won't go into all what it was but because uh, I don't want to lose time on that. But I, I came back and he's sitting at the top of the stairs. He's just sitting there. And I said, you okay? He goes, I think I got it figured out. <laughs> you know what? And I love that. I like to do that. I like to sit and think. Rather than everything just be vague or whatever, sit down and think about it and identify it. Yeah. Here's the problem. And, you, and identify and take some time on that. And brainstorm a little bit. And you know what's going to happen? God will start to give you insight. You know, you may come up with some dumb ideas during the brainstorm. But you're going to recognize when God gives you one. He's going to light one up. And you're going to know, wow, (laughs) there it is. And that is incredibly fun. You can get weary sometimes while you're trying to think and brainstorm. But the Bible says you keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on asking. And I believe this too. When you're brainstorming about something, you need to keep a Bible nearby. Because for every problem, there is a, there is a promise. There's a promise in the word of God. That's one of the reasons why you need to be versed in the word. So that you can, you can know his promises. Know what God said about this situation. That's going to help you to to zero in on this. Your answers don't always come just right away. So sometimes your next step is just to step away. Now listen to me on this. You've identified the problem. You have prayed. You've admitted. You've identified what it is. You admit without shame, without blame. This is the situation. You're praying, you're asking God for insight, you're brainstorming, you're working on this. I'm sorry I haven't written down everything that I needed to tonight, but you're with me on this. Uh, And then sometimes you get to a place where it's like, and you know what the next step sometimes is? To step away. Let your mind and emotions kind of refresh. Let some things work. Keep it before God. Normalize. Don't sit around and worry. Don't, don't ignore it now. But sometimes you just need to step away and, and God will refresh you. Your emotions clear up. And uh, before long, a light goes on. And this happens to me a lot. And, and let, me, let me get you up to speed on this. Based on scripture, you can say this about any situation. Somebody said, well, what are you going to do? You can, you can say this. I don't know, but I will know. So if you have a situation, you can say, you know what? I don't know yet. I don't know, but I will know. And I have committed things to God in prayer. I've done my due diligence. I've asked help. I've researched. I've thought about it. I've brainstormed. And you know what? Then you leave it to God 
and he will get an answer to you. I said he will get an answer to you. And there are times where I'll wake up sometimes and I just have a knowing. You just know exactly what to do. And there are things you never would have thought of and it feels, you know it feels good. And it's not like, should I? Should? I mean, boom, it's just there. I love that. And you can get there. I said, you can get there and God will help you. I said, God will help you. Amen. Now, understand this, and I shared this with you two weeks ago, and I'm going to wrap this up in just a moment. There is, as a believer, as a born-again believer who loves God, do we have any of those in here tonight? Okay. And you love his word, and you will pray. Don't be prayerless. Don't be prayerless. E.M. Bounds, who has written volumes on prayer, he said, prayer kills Satan, not literally. Prayer kills Satan. Prayerlessness kills you. James said you do not have because you do not ask. I'm convinced that part of just solving problems is just asking God who knows everything. What do I do? What do I not do? And he'll show you what to do. But listen to this. I believe that you're a born again believer. You love God. You're following after him. He is your source. And, and I'm not talking about perfection here. And you're after God in his word and you're seeking after him. I believe this. And listen to me. I believe there is power in your spirit to generate a solution. There is power in your spirit to generate a solution. Now, there's not some new age, new wave, something that I have within me. No, you have nothing in you without Jesus in you. But when you have him in you, the ancient of days, the only wise God dwelling in you by the presence of his Holy Spirit on the inside of your life, there is power within your spirit to generate a solution. The enemy would try to tell you, tough, got this problem, you're stuck, stinks to be you. But you know what? There is nothing that is locked that God cannot unlock or show me the key. God will do his part. I will do my part. I cannot do his part. He will not do my part. I will do my part. I'll be honest before God. I'll pray. I'll seek him. I'll grow. I'll ask for help. And I'm telling you what, a solution will come. God will show you something to do. Now, let me just get real with you for a moment. I don't want to hurt anybody's feeling. I don't have anybody in mind. But sometimes a person loses a job or... uh, there's a real problem in the marriage and they do nothing about it. And I could, you could help me fill out the list. They do nothing about it. They just say, I've got this situation and maybe they'll pray about it. Maybe they'll get somebody to pray about it, but then they don't do anything. And God wants you to put some feet with your prayers sometimes. And well, my business is not doing good. Jesus help my business. Why don't you ask him For some witty ideas, ask him for some fresh thought from heaven. Y'all hear me? He can give you something. He He might actually show you, you know what the problem with your business is? And he may walk you around your business so you could see. And he may walk you out to the front door and show you the reason you have no customers coming in. It's because you got the clothes sign. Now, I'm being facetious, but I've heard of that being done. He 
might show you that you're speaking death over your situation. He might show you that there's an area of disobedience in your life that is absolutely allowing the enemy to just come in and rob you. I want to know. You need to know. And get before God and understand he will help you. He will not leave you in that spot. He will not. And there's nothing. I know I've said it three, four times. There's nothing that is locked that God cannot unlock or show you the key. And there is power in your spirit to generate a solution. You need to renew your mind. we'll We'll get through this. That's why I can look at anybody. And I believe this with all my heart. And you know what? Because a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. And I've had too much experience with watching God come through in impossible situations. We're stumped. We don't know how to get there. This situation's horrible. There's no fix for it. Oh, yes, there is. Oh, yes, there is. And God will get you through it. I said, God will get you through it. And that's why I have no problem looking at people and saying, you know what? It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Now, if they're still headstrong, running the wrong way, doing all that, I'm not going to tell them it's going to be all right. Because going that direction, it's going to be all wrong. If you turn around and you head toward God, I'll tell you what. He'll get you through on this. Amen? There's much more I could say about this. You're still going to have to trust God for strength and wisdom and favor. Um, But know that there's nothing that he cannot help, nothing that he cannot fix, nothing that he cannot make if he needs to, to get you through this. I am so thankful to be a child of God, to have a heavenly father who will help us in any situation. Amen?